Join Edwin Frondozo on the Business Leadership Podcast every week for a unique program featuring insights and actionable items from the world's most successful business leaders. Hear firsthand the exclusive interviews and personal journeys on how today's transformational leaders made it to the top. You know, I've always welcomed feedback. Mm -hmm. You know, feedback is a gift. Uh, And it doesn't have to be positive feedback. In fact, I'll often ask for like the... You know, if you give me positive feedback, I'll be like, great. And if you had to change one thing, what would it be? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm on a quest to kind of seek to understand and to learn. This is the Business Leadership Podcast, and I'm your host, Edwin Frondozo. Thank you for taking the time to join me today. I'm really happy to have you on this episode. I had the opportunity to catch up with Mike McDermott, the co-founder and CEO of FreshBooks at the SAS North Conference in Ottawa. Mike has led and scaled FreshBooks cloud-based accounting software that is used by 160 countries around the world and is currently ranked second in America. In our conversation, Mike goes in depth and discusses the three types of CEOs that exist today and how to understand their types and how to work with them given their tendencies. He shares some early challenges that helped him create his development path. And lastly, he discusses how to develop yourself as an effective business leader. Today's sponsor is Slingshot VoIP, a Canadian telecommunications leader that provides business telecommunications solutions that empowers the emerging and innovative organizations that are looking to work with partners that understand what it takes to effectively run a business. Slingshot's business VoIP service ensures that companies are communicating clearly to their customers, team members, and stakeholders. And unlike traditional telco providers, their business success advisors understands what it takes to grow and scale a business. To learn more, go to slingshotvoip.com TBLP. And with that, here we go. Mike, welcome to the Business Leadership Podcast. Thank you for having me, Edwin. Well, thank you for taking your time out of your busy schedule. For those who are listening, I'm meeting Mike at SAS North Conference up here in Ottawa, Canada. And Mike um, had the opportunity to listen to your your talk this morning, your keynote, your opening keynote speak on on scaling businesses and sharing some of your insights. But before we get into that, I wanna I just want to ask you the tough question, Mike. Who is Mike? For those listeners who may not know who you are. <laughs> oh, okay. Wait a second. All right, now I understand. I thought this was like some deep psychological thing. Uh, all it, right. It uh, could so, be. Yeah. Mike McDermott, <laughs> founder and CEO of, of FreshBooks. Um, we are a cloud-based accounting software um, that uh, uh, is used by paying customers in 160 countries around the world. Um, we're number two in America. We've raised over $100 million. Uh, Toronto-based, spent so three and a half years in my parents' basement. Um, I think just a, a thing for people to know about us, uh, we do say we serve the small business market, um, sort of one or zero to 20 employees would be how to think about that. And uh, what makes us different is we don't serve every 
kind of small business. Uh, we don't do retail. We don't do restaurants. We focus on folks who are kind of knowledge workers, uh, you know, sort of professional services. We do trades as well. I guess that's a kind of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, and, and that, that by choosing to not serve everybody, it's kept our product simple, easy to use. I think it's a big part of our success and why 20 million people have used the software since we started. Very cool. And who is um, Mike outside of FreshBooks? Okay. Uh, Mike at side of FreshBooks is uh, increasingly and definitively a dad, uh, which is a wonderful, wonderful thing for which I'm uh, very grateful. Um, but uh, he's also uh, uh, proudly a husband. He is uh, a son, a brother. Um, so lots of family stuff. Uh, Mike is somebody who loves the outdoors. Okay. Uh, so those are those are some things about Mike outside of uh, outside of work. I love it. Um, just to talk about your keynote speaking, I found it fascinating just because it really lines up to the essence of this podcast and leadership, but the way you talked about it and framed it, and maybe I'm going to let you introduce it is, 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 uh, because I may not do it justice. What, what, what was the topic of your... Oh, well, yeah. I was going to say, what was your take? What, what did you take away? Let's start there and I can <laughs> clarify. Um, but uh, you being the, the customer on this occasion. That's right. Um, what I talked about was the role of CEO. And in my experience as a founding CEO who started out in his parents' basement, had never worked in a place that had a CEO before, I, I just, uh, I, I've come to believe it's um, ambiguous mm-hmm. what the role is, how it's defined, how it works. And uh, having been in the role for, you know, well over a decade now, um, you know, having to learn from first principles what it is, um, I thought other people might be in the same yeah, same situation where they don't know, and that ambiguity actually it makes it hard not only for the CEOs themselves to be clear, and that's a hard enough role with the various kinds of identity crisis you might deal with there and demands and expectations, um, but, but also the people around a CEO because at the end of the day, CEOs, you know, they're only as good as their teams and. Um, you know, so but with the ambiguity around the role and pe- managing people's expectations and the role other people can play in supporting the CEO, th- thought defining and clarifying that was important. So that that was uh, the intent of the talk. Yeah, and it was it was fascinating from my point of view is um, how you framed it at the point of the different types of CEOs mm-hmm. and when you know the different types of phases and and who you're talking with. So can we talk about maybe a little bit more about the different types of CEOs and, and the way you see it. Yeah. I, um, wait, I'll, I'll start with, and I set this context at the start of the talk, but, um, to be clear, the talk was really around founding CEOs. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, many people listening may work for a company that has a, now a professional CEO and some of you will work for founding uh, CEOs. Um, you know, a number of years ago, and there were at a technology conference and, you know, a lot of founders in, in the audience, but, uh, there is there is a trend that's been going on for 10 years now, uh, and it's reinforced by the data. But like all the big breakout technology companies are actually still run or were run for a long time by the founding CEOs. And, um, you know, you look at the IPOs that have been happening, um, Dropbox, Twilio, Shopify, uh, you know, the, the list goes on and they're, they're founder CEO led. And so because the outcomes are bigger... Um, you know, effectively what a series of VCs have come to understand is, hey, it, it, you cannot buy the knowledge of the customer, the product, the team, the market 
from a person you're installing as mm-hmm. a professional CEO. Uh, you know, if you do install that person, they don't have the moral authority. They're less likely to think long term. But what we can do is take a founding CEO who really doesn't know how to operate a company and teach them how to do it and or surround them with the people who can do the running of it. And then we benefit from the vision the CEO has to live through multiple product cycles as opposed to mm-hmm. just one. So that's kind of the, that was the, the underlying set of expectations was, listen, we're going to talk about founding CEOs because they built uh, bigger companies on, on average and the biggest companies almost uh, you know uniformly. Um, okay, so with, with that sort of established, yes. Then I walked through like, hey, there's three jobs a CEO has to do, mm-hmm. set the vision, uh, build the team, fill the bank account. And then I got into their three types of CEOs, which are the visionary, the, um, I can explain each one in a second, but the visionary, the the builder and the operator. And then finally, there's three three stages of business, right? right? And, um, you know, the startup, the scale up and the expansion stage. And, um, you know, the punchline is, uh, it's no surprise the role is ambiguous because, you know, that's a three by three by three matrix. And I talked about how the role of CEO is a little bit like a, a Rubik's cube. It's, yeah. you know, you turn the pieces around. Everyone pictures, you know, perfectly clean, appropriately colored Rubik's cube in their own mind when they think about what a CEO should be. But the reality is very different. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if a CEO ever does lock into perfect step, well, the market changes, something else changes. And so there's a big impetus on uh, on growth in, in the role, mm-hmm. personal growth in the role. Um so those are three ones. Do you want me to go into the like? No. The, so okay, let's go there. Yeah. What I wanted to go into in understanding the different types of CEOs and being a founding CEO, I'd love to just dig deep into. And and I know you just maybe touched upon this in your talk, but you had to grow through all of this. Mm-hmm. And talk to me about some of the challenges or some of the things that you were preventing yourself to grow at in the earlier days. Okay, so I'm going to start by just bringing a little more definition of the three types of CEOs. Mm -hmm. One of the variables that makes the role hard to kind of understand and have people align around. Yeah. Um, So that visionary CEO is somebody who's like, you know, kind of really good picture of what the market's going to look like in 20 years. Probably not super operational. Mm-hmm. More kind of like maybe an idealist kind of thing. Maybe uh, it, the, uh, the the builder, somebody who's like really good at understanding the customer, the capabilities of the product today, you know, marketing, putting that all together like Lego blocks and bringing something to market that people really like. And then the operator is somebody who's all about operational efficiency, probably doesn't have as much vision. Right. And so, um, you know, the consequence of those definitions is, you know, I believe you can have a successful CEO with all three of those types, uh, uh, but you need to know which one you are or which one you're dealing with so that you can properly support them for their success and scale. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, partnering, uh, you know, somebody who's less operational, like a visionary, probably very early needs to meet a CFO who's going to help raise capital and, and run the business, like an operational CFO, mm-hmm. strategic operational CFO to kind of run the business. Um, the uh, you know, Keep you grounded, I guess. Well, yeah. Well, to make sure the trains are running on time, things yeah. are pushing along like back at the ranch, yeah. right? Um, whereas the operator on the other side it probably needs to hire like a great product person who has vision for the market, is going to do the customer development and, mm-hmm. and you know, sort of play that side of the house. So, and then the builder builder probably touches all these things as an expert at number one, jack of all trades, master right. of none, and, right. and needs to basically drop things off their plate that are, are, are less interesting to them as they go. Um, so I, I fall more into the middle category. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, you know, the builder, builder sort of profile, if you will, 
Um, you know, there have been a variety of challenges along the way. Right. Um, you know, one of them is you mix, hey, I'm a builder with, um, uh, you know, these are just leadership things that I've experienced. But yeah. you mix, hey, I'm a builder. So I understand all the disciplines, how they fit together, what I want to get out of them. Um, and then you, you put that sort of strength in a room. And I'm the kind of person who in a meeting likes to go fast and can think quickly. And, pro- you know, I, I don't need to sleep overnight to get my best answer. I'm going to come up with it pretty much now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for me, one of the things I had to learn how to do is to not speak first or okay. more to the point, like speak last in a meeting. Because someone would ask a question, I'd be like, I got the answer. You know, and uh, you know the fact is, I have one answer. I don't have. That's right. You know, you know, and and that's that. That just because my bias was, you know, hey, I'm cranky and I have the answer. You know, let, let, let's do it. Um, was a challenge for me in the early days to sort of uh, get over. Now, yeah, as a professional CEO, you'd say, well, that's just complete ridiculousness. But um, you know, that's been part of my development path is just to, you know, sort of be a little more mindful at work and, and you know, do things like aim to speak last. Make sure you, you know, ask people to speak if they haven't spoken and, and make sure other people have a chance to kick things off. Yeah. So now you're talking about some traits that that professional CEO may know of right they, off the top of they their probably head. were born with that right yeah. uh, going through yeah, their mba just... program they understood this or however it was so my question to you is is as you were learning these things that were obvious to operational or, or professional ceos like where were you picking up these tidbits were they coming from internal teams was it you searching for like i understand i have a gap in my leadership style uh, i i think it's you know i've always welcomed feedback mm-hmm. you know feedback is a gift uh, and it doesn't have to be positive feedback. In right. fact, I'll often ask for like the, you know, if you give me positive feedback, I'll be like, great. And if you had to change one thing, what would it be? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm on a quest to kind of seek to understand and to learn. And, 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 you know, I think through those things and, you know, and also I've had, you know, the good fortune to work with people who would pull me aside and box my ears and be like, mm. this just doesn't work. You know, you can't do this. Right. And, and sometimes it's stuff like not understanding. I mean, another leadership thing to learn is because you are the CEO, you know, you're not Mike anymore. And if you say something or ask a question, like people can start running madly off in every direction. Right. And you didn't even mean them to. Right. Right. And you'd be like, I didn't say that. I know you didn't say that. But that's not how it works anymore. So you got to be, you know, more, you know, conscious and deliberate and all this kind of stuff. And so, you know, I, I think it was a lot of I like to hire people around me who are who are going to, you know, tell me to take a hike if I need to take a hike <laughs> uh, and, and I'll, I'll work on it. And my commitment yeah. is, uh, listen, I want the feedback and I'm going to work on it. I'm not I'm not promising perfection, but I am promising progress. Yeah. A quick word from our sponsor. As business leaders, we are entering a new year, a new decade with new goals. Do you have a clear vision of where and how to grow your business? How does your workforce look like in the future? As we prepare for the growing gig economy and the remote workforce, it is important to understand that you are working with a communications provider that can help you get there. Slingshot understands the growing needs of business leaders and works with them to ensure their infrastructure is aligned to the vision and growth plans of the future. To learn more, go to slingshotvoip.com front slash TBLP.
one thing that I found interesting that you mentioned and really resonated with me on your talk was how you're trying to spend more time outside of the business um, to the fact that it will help steer and pull the business because you're outside of it. Can mm-hmm. you explain that to us a bit? Yeah, I think this is pretty well understood by most CEOs. You got to spend time at client meetings. You know, you have to um, you have to be outside in the market and understanding it. And um, I I have a very you know sort of deep understanding of who our customer is, why we're building for them, and what have you. But you know, for example, we have paying customers in 160 countries, and, and I haven't made it to all those countries mm-hmm. yet. And so, going and understanding the on the ground dynamic in different continents and, and countries is actually a core part of the job. And, and frankly, I just wasn't focused on it because I, you know, we brought in I, I call it like a present animal. This this is an individual who's had enormous success. He actually joined our board as well. Mm-hmm. He, he works three days a week with us, but he's taken on a lot of the. You know, he's much more than a COO, but it's it's playing a, that kind of a, a role. And um, uh, so he drives the zero to 18-month effort so I can focus on the longer-term stuff. So mm-hmm. longer-term, 18-month plus is, you know, what markets should we be entering next? You know, is there a company we should be buying? Um, you know, is there a new segment to serve? Like all these kinds of things. And that's, that's where I'm, you know, sort of probably deployed for the greatest long-term benefit for, for all. Yeah, that's, that's great. And you... And the reason why I brought that up, Mike, it actually put a nice visualization of me, uh, of what you said of being outside, and it really hit a tone, so I just wanted to put that out, that that, that was that was a great struck analogy. A yeah, it really yeah. struck a chord well, with me. Well, it's hard to do, especially in like a startup sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. You know, depending on which kind of a leader you are. I'd say you're visionary. You probably kicked out the door to go and do other stuff day one, right? Because yeah. uh, yeah. they're not going to be operating the thing. Uh, for me, getting to 350 people and kind of letting the operational keys go was a, was a, a big growth step. I wanted to ask you, um, and you mentioned this as well in your talk, but what are some of the things that you are focusing on, you're working on now, that is helping you continually develop as an effective business leader? Well, um, you know, I'll give you a candid answer because it's the truth. So I spent the past couple of years really working on what I would call just sort of being mindfulness and, mm-hmm. and, and sort of slowing down, making sure we hear from everybody, um, you know, moving from offering opinion to asking questions to kind of steer and groom and all that kind of stuff. And so that's been some sleight of hand that, you know, for me and the way I'm wired, non, not easy to develop. Mm-hmm. Um, interestingly now, if, you know, I, it's almost like I want to channel my, entre- like I'm trying to find this balance of, there's like this seasoned entrepreneur who's very, you know, like, I don't know. They take a lot of time to do things. And, but then there's an entrepreneurial instinct, which can get lost there if you just try to be, you know, I, I mean, here, here's a mistake I made. I, yeah, I like what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, so here's a mistake I've made over the years. And it was well-intentioned. But, you know, I brought in leaders and, um, you know, I basically went through this period where I did not feel like I could make a decision. And... It was basically because I'd spent so long making all the decisions Mm -hmm. that I had to create space for other people to make decisions and step back. And that's fine. And then hire people in and you'd have a new leader in a function. And like, you know, we did something with pricing once and I just knew it was the wrong thing. And I was basically categorically opposed to it. But it's like you need to let people go and fail. Right. Right. So, so you let them go and fail. And that's a hard leadership lesson to learn as well. Right. And it's painful and expensive. But, you know, some of these decisions... 
like maybe we just don't need to test or do that. Mm-hmm. Like maybe I can just say, you know what, forget it. We're just not doing that. And that's okay. And so I think for me, uh, one of the things I'm kind of working on now is I want to, you know, make sure that entrepreneurial instinct finds a constructive way to deploy itself. I'm not concerned about it being destructive, but or constructive rather, but, but trying to find a, um, trying to find that balance. I think that is, uh, is it's a leadership challenge when you know you're a founding ceo and you know there's there's magic there but there's also like how do you insert these yeah. things uh you and know i almost imagine that you believe you know are very important and you know sort of not have them rejected and i think i'm on the right side of that now but it's it's been uh you know it's been that's been a bit of my journey the last while yeah and i almost imagine and as you were talking about that specific example is that your gut was telling you I need to step in, but your mind is telling me, but I'm a leader. I have to but let them. That's right. That's exactly right. And that's, I mean, and they're like, the, the gut is loud, right? It's like a ringing alarm bell. And then it's like, okay, you need to get trained. You know, you can't, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Right. But it's, you know, on some level it feels irresponsible. So, um, anyhow, I, I think it's a balance. I think it's a, mm-hmm. a better balance today. Right. I think the good news is, you know, we're we're really a, quite a scaling operation, and you know, there's lots going on. That's a good state for me. Uh, you know, so that's great. You mentioned allowing your leaders to fail, um, giving these opportunities, stepping back. I'm curious what you are seeing, or maybe you think are the biggest challenges for emerging business leaders. <sighs> I, you know, I, I think the, you know, if I step back, I, I think we have a glut of, and it's interesting, I participate in a group uh, called the Business Council of Canada, mm-hmm. and it's like the, you know, it's 43% of the country's GDP steps into a room every now and again, and I'm like, we're probably the smallest company there, which is, <laughs> which is fine, because it's like, you know, Bell, Canada's there, and, you know, uh, th- those kinds of scale of organizations. Um I, but I, I would share this. I think there is, um, there actually are not enough leaders and people who want to lead and do the hard work of leading. I see a lot of people in their careers, and we've had some great ones, who walk up to the line, you know, and they kind of say they want it. And then, you know, it's like, well, here you go. And it's, you know, they, they, they don't. And, and maybe they were too young and we were putting too much on them. And we've done that as well. Mm-hmm. But, but there is, um, I don't know what it is, but I think... I think the uh, the willingness to take on the, the 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 unglamorous part of leading and accepting that that's what it is versus an easier I can just go do something somewhere else, you know, is is a tough dynamic. And I you know I know across the business council, like you know, leadership is is a thing. All these companies are starved for leaders, and that is and they have good leadership development pipelines, and you know, so do we. But it, it's it's a hard thing. So I think there's you know, there's never enough leadership uh, capacity in the world, and um, you know I think a challenge challenge for future leaders back to your, your question is is um, you know developing as much of that as you can right uh, obviously you want to attract it but developing it is a key thing and it's a, I think it's a responsibility of all of us uh, full stop Mike can you share and I'm sure you, a number of people may come to mind but who has had a tremendous impact on you as a as a business leader um <clears throat> Well, early days, uh, there's a gentleman named Pat Condon, who's one of the founders of Rackspace, uh, which is a very successful uh, managed hosting company. They kind of 
led that category prior to AWS and all these kinds of things coming along. And so he taught me probably more about being an entrepreneur than anybody. Um, you know, I am, uh, so I'll, I'll go with Pat. And he, he was very much around the values of the company. They had a great service culture like we do, uh, like client service focus, that kind of thing. And um, so that was, uh, that left a real imprint on me that I, I carry with me to this day. Very, very positive, very positive role model. Is there anything that you're reading right now? Oh, yes. <laughs> what, what, anything I, come to mind? <laughs> I, you know, I, I tend to read a few things at once. Um, right now, one of the things I'm reading is this collection of uh, memos uh, from various companies at various times, like famous cool. memos from leaders inside you know, businesses. And so there's a, a Disney one. Uh, I, I think it was – I don't even know who wrote it. I want to say it was like Frank Wells or whatever when he's still there. But, but it was – you know, a take on where they were. And it's like, these are the things that either it was written to the, like basically the leadership team, but like got leaked to like the, you right, know, the rest right. of the company kind of thing, but they needed to hear it. So lengthy memo. And then there's another one I'm reading of somebody who left Amazon, joined Google, Steve Yag, talking about platform wars, all these kinds of things, but these are kind of famous memos. So that's one thing I'm reading. Um, that's fascinating. Actually, that's the first time someone mentioned that book on the show. So thank you for sharing that. I'll post the link on it, that it's one. It's not even yeah. a book. Oh. It's a blog post with a collection that I printed out and I'm like reading them. Well, yeah. I'm going to have to get that link from you and share it with our listeners. <laughs> um, Mike, what else is going on? I know there's a lot of excitement going around at FreshBooks. Um, but do you have any other special projects, initiatives? It could be personal, professional, anything fun that you're you're super excited about? Well, uh, listen, I, I think it's really fun times at FreshBooks right now. So, you know, just in the last sort of four months, uh, we, we brought on uh, J.P. Morgan Chase uh, with a large uh, strategic investment. Uh, we've been working with a partner of theirs for a number of years. They bought the partner, and now we've worked together for a couple of years since the acquisition. They said, hey, we really like what you're doing, and, you know, we'd like to write a check. And so so that's great. And, you know, hot on the heels of that, we've just opened uh, two offices, one in our first in Europe, in uh, Amsterdam, and another in, in Raleigh, North Carolina, shortly thereafter. So we now have three offices, and that's, you know, for us at least, that's that's new. And uh, learning to sort of develop those muscles. And then, you know, something else we did with Chase shortly after the investment was, um, I just want to talk about this because it's, it's a fascinating uh, thing and it's a real evolution for small business, the market we serve. Um, because of Chase's scale and our partnership with them, we're the first company in the world to bring to all our, our, our customers uh, the ability to do um, basically same day or within 24 hour payment collection in small business. Wow. Classically, it's been three to five days, often longer. And, um, you know, that's one of the things you get when you partner with the world's biggest bank. And so uh, that, but that, it, like for small businesses where cash flow is so important, it is a really big deal. And so for me, it's, it's just a proud, you know, it seems very reasonable that you would get your money within a day. Uh, and literally, it, like the technology and the systems and the underwriting and all the rest of it wouldn't do it before now. But, you know, thanks to our partnership with Chase, we offer that now. So, you know, so for all these reasons and more, I, you know, I've got lots in my day job that's uh, that's exciting. So uh, maybe we uh, leave that there. That's amazing. Well, that's super exciting news. And uh, we're happy to share all that uh, on, the, on the episode page as well, Mike. But before we end... I'd love to get any final thoughts. And I know you shared so much, so many tidbits, but any observation? Ideally, what we like to share is actionable recommendations or items that for anyone who's listening and maybe specific to, to our talk today was uh, 
the co-founding uh, or the founding uh, CEOs CEO. that are listening. Right. You know, so I would just say, if you can't hear your breath in the meeting, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> I love that. I love it. That's a drop the mic. Mike, thank you for taking the time to join us on the Business Leadership Podcast today. Thanks for having me. And that's it, biz leaders. Thank you again for taking the time to join me on the Business Leadership Podcast. This was episode 143 with Mike McDermott. If you want to learn more about Mike, FreshBooks, or anything else that we discuss, please go to thebusinessleadership.com slash 143. Please do join me on my private Facebook group where I will discuss this episode, answer your questions, and connect you with other like-minded business leaders. Simply search for the Business Leadership Group directly in the Facebook. Again, thank you to our sponsors, Slingshot, a Canadian telecommunications leader in business voice over IP communications. It's a company that understands strategic growth, which aligns with your vision and goals of the future. If you haven't done so yet, please subscribe, rate, and leave a comment on your favorite podcast player. Thank you again. Edwin signing off. Thank you for listening to the Business Leadership Podcast at thebusinessleadership.com. Help me.